Good morning, good morning. Breakfast today is sponsored by Michelle and Joseph Safra, wishing a Mazatov and a Mabruk to the grandparents, Joel and Avi Oster, on the birth of their grandson, Ezekiel Nasser. Hazaku Baruch. I bless you, Bezat Hashem, with all sorts of blessings, including arms for your glasses. Hashem, Hashem looks down on this day, and, uh, and Bezat Hashem, He will bless us today. And today, that is the topic I want to speak about, the topic of Berachot. The Pasuk says, Me'at Adanim Le'me'at HaKikar. Moshe Rabbeinu is making a chishuv, a cheshbon, an accounting of every bit of money that he took in to build the Mishkan. And he's now showing where each bit of that money went. And he shows them that each one of the Adanim, each one of the panels that built the wall of the Mishkan, each one of them was one kikar, was one amount, one, uh, one measurement of, of the money. Now, what's interesting is, if a person looks, the Ba'ala Turimi says, Me'at ha'adanim, keneged, what is this keneged, what is this, uh, a pro, what is this uh, attached to or, or connected to? Miyusadim al-adnepaz. In Shira Shirim, it talks about how the Beta Mikdash is miyusad, it is uh, the foundation of it is al-adnepaz. On Adanim, on the uh, foundational pieces for the, for the panels made out of the most precious metals. Ukinegdam, and this is the bit I wanted to focus on. Ukinegdam tiknu me'aberachot bechol yom. Why are there a hundred of these foundations? Because, in, in, as opposed or in connection with that, we have an obligation each day to make 100 berachot each and every single day. In fact, on Shabbat, we've discussed this, there are many minhagim that have popped up only on Shabbat to ensure that you manage to accomplish the 100 berachot. Why? Because during the week, you have these very long amidah, 19 berachot each one, and on Shabbat, the berachot of the amidah is much smaller. So you already start off the day, even if you're in shul for all the minyanim, and you didn't pull asleep through on minha, still, even with all the berachot, you're still short. So the Moroccans are very big on this. Before they do hamotzi, they say kiddush, and then they have all the table is filled up with uh, olives and vegetables and mezonot and cakes. So you're able to add each time a few different mezonot. If you do that each time, you wind up finding a way of compiling the hundred berachot. Now, this idea is something which is very powerful. Why? Why in, in lieu of 100 adanim, 100 foundational pieces for the Mishkan, why, what's the connection? An idea is something which, again, we keep going back to. Stop thinking about the Mishkan like a building and start thinking about the Mishkan like a plan, like a blueprint, not for a structure, but for the structure of one's avodah, their, their work with regards to bringing God's presence into this world, into your world. You want beracha in your life? You don't have to go to great rabbi for a beracha. What do you need if you want beracha in your life? To bring God into your life. What do you need if you want beracha in your life? To bring Shabbat into your life. If a person achieves these great things, then their life is full of blessing. So how does one do that? Says that's what the Balaturim is exposing us to. The foundation of the structure is 100 berachot. If a person makes these berachot, and, but they don't make them. I sometimes, you're not, the guy's not sure halfway through the berachah if he said the whole berachah. Berachata meneme meneme. What's this berachata? Who's, who's berachata? Berachata sounds like some sort of food item that you'd find in the Arab shuk. 
I'm going to have two bukhatas with, uh, with tahine, please, on the side. You know, with uh, amba. Bukhata? Bukhata Hashem. Baruch Ata Amonai. Take a split second in between each word. Say it properly. Bring these birachot. And I have to say, there's a very interesting idea for me with regard to this. What is a biracha that a person says a biracha each day? It's the recognition that it is God that gave me this object that I'm bringing. Baruch Atah. Blessed are you, O God, because you're the source of this, of this object, of this thing in my life. When a person says that repeatedly, again and again and again, what happens? Eventually they become like an athlete. You know, when you lift weights, if you lift the heaviest weight one time, you don't do anything. But if you lift weights repeatedly, the more reps you do, the stronger you become. What muscle does, the, does a biracha work out? Biracha works out the emunah muscle. It works out the, the, the muscle of faith in God. Because it comes through the recognition that this thing that I have came not through the strength of my own hand, but by God. That recognition makes a person more thankful. It makes a person recognize the blessings literally he has in his life. And I know, I could tell you many stories, and I'm sure you know many stories of people who said a wonderful beracha and the beracha saved their life. I'm sure you know stories of a person who said the amida and this happened, and I know many as well, and I must share with you at least just one of them. There was a young woman who I took to Poland many years ago, and as I'm standing outside of the barracks, in front in Auschwitz, she gets up and she says, Baruch Atah Hashem Elokeinu Melech HaOlam, Sha'asali Nesma Komazeh, that God made for me a miracle in this place. I'm thinking, what miracle? You, this is where you're making a beracha for miracles in Auschwitz. And the girl says, my grandfather was stationed in this barracks. And every single day, he would want to pray, but he didn't know how to pray. And he was devastated that after losing everything in his life, the only thing he had was his one son. The last thing he had was his ability to pray, his faith. And this is what kept him sane. But he realized that there was no way that you could say the Amidah anywhere. Right? And she says, listen, I want to tell you how I found out the story. My grandpa always used to pray Amidah very quickly. And it was so fast, I couldn't understand how he was saying it so fast. One time, it was dinner time, and he stood up at the dinner table, and he prayed Amidah at the dinner table, and he did it so fast, Rabotai. So fast he prayed, I had to time, I timed him, it took him 90 seconds. In 90 seconds he did the Amidah. Forget about 14 minute Migilah. 90 second Amidah. She said, I can't believe it. 90 second Amidah, impossible. She says, I had to built up the chutzpah and I said, Grandpa, you're such a religious Jew. You're so devout. How can you pray Amidah in 90 seconds? No one can say the words that fast. And he said to, he said to me, this girl says, relates. He said to me, when I was a young boy, I came to Auschwitz with my father. And my father was so upset that he wouldn't be able to say the Amidah. Because any time he would try and stand still, for more than a few seconds, they would whack him and beat him. So when did he have time where he could just stand still and do nothing? And then my grandpa realized, she said, and then my, the, boy, the father's telling her, grandfather's telling her, and then my father realized, that there was one place in Auschwitz where he could stand still and no one would bother him because that's what he was supposed to do. And that was at the roll call, at the um, at the, uh, uh, at, uh, at the uh, um, Appellplatz. So what did he do? The place where they counted the people in the morning, each morning. The second that they woke them up in the morning, the Nazis, he would jump out of bed like a lion, run as fast as he could, be the first person to the Appellplatz. But now, standing there, 
not moving. That's exactly where he's supposed to be standing. No one's going to beat him. No one's going to yell at him because he's doing exactly what he's supposed to do. And he would take that time and it would take the Nazis. May God obliterate their name. Zecher l'mchiat amalek. May God obliterate their name. It would take the Nazis to get the whole barracks out from the beds to the line, 90 seconds. So I taught myself. He, my father taught himself to pray to Amidah in 90 seconds. So he was praying in the spot without needing to move. This is the father, this is the son saying about the father. So the daughter is blown away, granddaughter blown away by this. She says, I can't believe that's such an unbelievable story. I'm sorry for doubting you, Grandpa. She says, but you said, you said that it saved your life. He said, what do you mean? She said, what do you mean? But you said, Amida, how did you save your life? He says, oh, when I saw how important it was for my father to pray, I started taking my prayers very seriously, he said. The young boy. He said, and one night, I'm sitting in my barracks, and all of a sudden, I got a feeling, I have to say Shema before I go to bed. And I would say each night very slowly. I decided, he said, that night, <clears throat> I felt this urge, I want to say Shema with my father. He said, it was very strange, I never did it before. I'm 17 years old, I don't need to say Shema with my dad, I could do it myself. But he said, I felt the strongest urge. Something came over me. He says, I risked my life, I walked along the walls to avoid the searchlights, avoid the dogs, avoid the guards. I made my way to my father's barracks. I sat with him on his bed. We said the Shema together quietly, softly, with Kavana. He says, and then I had to risk my life again to get back. Again, the same thing, walking along the barracks, avoiding the lights, avoiding the dogs. I finally get back to my barracks, and I want to be so quiet, they shouldn't catch me. He says, I put my hand on the door handle, and I open it very slowly so it shouldn't creak. I push the door quietly, hoping the kapos, praying, the kapos or the, the people, no one wakes up. I'm walking very softly into the barracks, not to make a little sound on the floorboards, until I walked into the barracks, he says. And I looked around, and there was not a single person there. While I had gone to say Shema with my father, they'd liquidated the entire young barracks. Every single person in that barracks had gone to the gas chamber. I snuck back into my father's barracks, hid myself amongst the prisoners, and managed to survive. My father said that I learned to say Shema like that from the way my father would pray at the Appel Platz. Which is why when he heard I was coming to Poland, he would never come back. He didn't want me to come, but he said, if you go, find my barracks, find the line-up place, and say the Baruch Shasan Dines Makom A beracha is not only a wonderful thing, it can also save a person's life. But Rabotai, I want to share with you, the greatest blessing in the world that a beracha gives is not that it saves your life. It's not that it brings you a better parnasah. It's not that it, the greatest beracha, the greatest beracha that saying berachot brings is... That you become a person who is aware of the beracha. You become a person who's aware of and he feels Hashem in his life all the time. Do you know what it feels like to never ever be alone? To know that in every problem that you have, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is there with you. Even in the most covered places, even in the most difficult times, we know that the Anan, it would cover the Beit the Mishkan. And you know what? Every day they would have the pillar of fire, it would light their way, and then the day would come, and the pillar of cloud would come, and the Sifarim say that the pillar of cloud would come, that fire, it wouldn't leave. It would just be covered by the Anan. Do you know what it means that underneath the things that feel that fog and that cloud our judgment and our way to know that underneath it God is with us as well. 
You only experience that if you're consistent in the way that you recognize God in your life. And that happens through me'a berachot. There's a halakha that says, there's an idea, excuse me, that says that on a person's birthday, they have a power to give a berachah. I don't like giving berachot, I'm not a baba. But on, a, on your birthday, that's the day that the mazal, the mazal under which you were born. I don't have so much, I think I have good mazal, but I don't think I have so much mazal. Because I only get it every two or three years. My birthday is on kafchet adar, adar aleph. So if it, I guess if it happens every two or three years, it's been gathering up all the beracha power. Okay, so hopefully I want to give each and every one of you a beracha in here, in this room, and of course everywhere else, wherever you may be. You should be zocher always, number one, to be able to listen to words of Torah each day. Like the point of this WhatsApp and this uh, podcast is that you should start and have each day the Torah with you so your eyes are opened. I want to bless you that each day you should experience the ability to make and to recognize it's not that I'm making a hundred blessings. It's that I am recognizing that every day I have a hundred things in my life that are worth saying thank you for. So you're down, you're upset, you're depressed about the things that you don't have. How much do you have? Count your fingers, count your toes, count your nose, your eyes, your ears, your taste, your family, your loved ones. The fact that you have freedom to practice religion, that you're allowed to be a Jew and they're not hunting you. These are the beautiful blessings that we have in our life each and every day. I wish and I bless that you are people born of relentless positivity, of people that wind up having everything that they beg Hashem for in their tefillot. Me'ata ve'ad olam. Amen. Baruch Adonai le'olam. Amen ve'amen.